Uh, okay, we are live. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to Living Astrology with Janet Hickox. Grab your cup of coffee or your tea, sit back, and let's chat about what is happening up in the stars above. And I'd like to say welcome to Pia and Cullen joining us for our monthly get-together. And they're going to be sharing with us some wisdom from Larkma and on the Pleiadian Earth energy. That is something that we're in the midst of living right now, which I love. I love that we can see and feel all of these things that are going on. Uh, it's weird for me to be back. I only broadcasted on Monday and took Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday and applied my energy to the webinar uh, for 2021, which is next week. And uh, I, I was caught between, this is so Gemini of me, I was caught between missing the morning broadcast and all of the people and all of the work that goes into it. And the other hand, I was so thrilled to have time to put toward other things without having, you know, the whole of the production to worry about. So it was an interesting uh, energy. One morning, I think it was Tuesday morning, I looked up and I realized it was only 9.30 and I had gotten so much done. It was amazing to me. <laughs> I was like, wow, maybe this is a new trend. We'll have to see what happens. I took that I'm on a new schedule, at least through the end of the year. We'll see what happens in the new year. Uh, so hopefully all of you did well without your daily dose of astrology. I wasn't even very good about getting on Facebook because I was so focused on what I was doing. Uh, so this morning, hopefully Asa is out there and can bring me your questions. I do have my cell phone sitting here so I can see that, Asa. <sighs> Tell us what is going on, Pia and Colin. What do you want to share with us this morning? First of all, that we're delighted to be back with you and your listeners. It's always a highlight in our month to spend this morning with you. We, yes, we love you. And secondly, we'll talk a little bit about what Lartma has explained to us about the current energies. Everybody mm. knows we're coming up to the grand conjunction. But in the Pleiadian Earth energy system, we are right now this in this 13-day period, in the period of feeling energy, which is the absolute most emotional energy of the entire 260 days of Venus energy. Yes. Venus energy, feeling energy is intense. And we're right in the middle of it right now, which Larkma says is perfect for it because it clears us for being ready for what comes next. And they talk a little bit about what comes next also. The feeling energy allows us to get all those repressed emotions or the emotions we've not been handling very well and treat them the way Larkma tells us emotions are intended. They're intended to be signposts pointing to how we're out of balance to help us realign with Peace, harmony, calm. They're pretty good signposts too, don't you think? Yes, <laughs> yes they are. <laughs> if so we anyway. only could remember that in the midst of an emotional meltdown. <laughs> well, that that's the trick, Janet. We, we have to act immediately. If, if we take the action to actually change our perspective as soon as those signals come up, mm. the faster we do it, the faster we will avoid dipping down into those emotional states where we really don't want to be. Right, the full-on meltdown. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. That's oh. it. But anyway, just knowing that everything is edgy right now and everything is coming to the surface, if we go into this period and, and recognize it's an opportunity to realign ourselves and clean out 
stuff that we need to get rid of, that's a really good way to approach the energy because what follows next is breathing energy. Breathing energy starts on the very day of the solstice and breathing energy is the energy that brings in multiple perspectives, the ability to see harmony out of chaos and complete and total unpredictability. So we need to get those emotions. <laughs> Just what we need. Those <laughs> emotions out of the way so we can handle whatever unpredictable things arise. It's perfect timing right. actually to prepare ourselves now by deeply looking inside and really, really looking at our shadows just before that dualistic period that will show up um, on the solstice. If, if we can do our work now, it will be so much easier for us to be able to absorb and fully experience what, what energies are coming at that time. I mean, it's this couldn't be more perfect in timing it, this is where people say there are no accidents, there are no right. coincidences. This, right. this alignment of feeling just before breathing is absolutely perfect. And of course, that day, the winter solstice, is also the day that Jupiter and Saturn come together for a conjunction for the first time in air in 200 some years. And first time at zero Aquarius in like, I don't know, 800 years. So it's a monumental day in and of itself, even if it wasn't for uh, the energy that you just shared with us for the, the uh, breathing energy. So I think it all in total adds up to our needing to become more responsible with how it is that we're showing up in the world, even in the midst of all this chaotic stuff. Absolutely. So Absolutely. I find yeah. it interesting, Janet, that for as long as I've been alive, people have referred to Venus in the evening skies, the Christmas star at Christmas. They, they always say, because it's the brightest star in the sky, that's the Christmas star, that's Venus. This year, Jupiter and Saturn are overpowering Venus, and now people have suddenly switched loyalties, and they're all already saying, Jupiter and Saturn are going to show up together as the Christmas star, and I'm like, okay. <laughs> well, I mean... It, they're so bright in the sky when, you know, you, we've been watching them, you know, for months as they are coming closer and closer together, traveling close together in the night sky. And Venus is actually the morning star right now anyway. So it's not in the night, even though it's still dark, at least here in this part of the world. <laughs> yeah. Um, so it, it, it just, it's sort of something seemingly shifting here. And that's creating this new viewpoint that Jupiter and Saturn are of major importance. And of course they are, in terms of astrology, they're the ones that set the course for social and cultural uh, interaction for the next 20 years. So, it, because they have a 20 year cycle of coming together. And now that they're not only coming together, but shifting into a different um, element, air, right? Breathing air. Uh, then it, it just seems like all the ducks in a row or all of the, the owls are lining up for something uh, in important. An air, in an air sign and coming in on the same day that breathing energy starts, which is all about air also. So yes. the breathing and the air are all coming together. And it's interesting also that Saturn and Jupiter are often seen as complete opposites. Saturn with its limits and Jupiter with its expansion. And here in the period of breathing energy, we're harmonizing opposite perspectives. So it's all coming together in a way that's pretty magical, I think. 
And, you know, the way I look at Jupiter and Saturn together in breathing is that in our natural breathing, we have the compression and the expansion and the compression yes. and the expansion that is perfectly aligned with Jupiter and Saturn. Right. So, I mean, it, it just seems so perfect, perfectly symbolic of, of what's yes. happening. And then uh, we also have the solar eclipse coming up here. So any words of wisdom on that for us? Well, the solar eclipse is happening on in the Pleiadian Earth energy system on the energy of universal energy seven. Mm -hmm. And the Earth energy is seeing. And the universal energy of seven is all about merging. So we're going to be in an eclipse when it's dark, the darkness there, giving us a chance to go inwards and merge with higher consciousness. That's what the seven energy is bringing to us on this auspicious day. You want to talk about the seeing energy? Well, yes, but I want to say something about just the number seven. Okay. It, yes. it's, also, yeah. it's also a portentous energy about the thinning of the veils because we can connect in that energy with other dimensions, other beings. It's the midway point on the Pleiadian Earth energy system. There are 13 universal energies and seven is the midway point. So it's the balance point also. So being at the balance point and in the place where we can connect with other energies and not be so disconnected from what else there is in the larger reality, it's pretty momentous, so pretty good. Yeah, I, I think you guys mentioned it in, in the book about the thinning, you know, that this is the thinning part of this illusion where we can see more clearly the, the illusion that is being created here or that we've created on this planet. Um, and then to couple that, I think, with seeing is pretty remarkable. Yes, and boy, do we need that too. The seeing energy, go ahead. No, go ahead. The seeing energy <laughs> gives us the ability to see, perhaps through the third eye, to see the larger, mm -hmm. to see the larger reality. When it's coupled with the merging energy, it's not about seeing with the outer eyes, it's about seeing with the inner eyes. Although clearly we can use the outer eyes to see different perspectives too, but it's being guided from the inside. It's from the inside guiding us to see from a higher perspective of everything. Do you guys want to hear something really interesting about that day too? Absolutely. In human design, that particular day, the sun and the moon are conjunct at a gate that's called light, the gate 11, <laughs> which is what? all about what we're focusing on. So if you are in a dark room and you focus on just even a pinpoint of light, our focus on that expands that experience of light. If you're focusing on the dark, then of course that's expanding your experience of the dark. So it really is a telling sort of solar eclipse in that it tells us what it is that we're focusing on is what it is that we're in the creative process with. So kind of a, I don't know. I, I just, this is just lovely energy. That's even though it might be a little cranky, <laughs> um, you know, for some people who are kicking and screaming through all of this, uh, it really holds the potential for us to see ourselves in a new way as creators. Yeah, And, and that is especially important right now with what's going on worldwide, mm. because we can choose, we can decide to use these so-called limitations as opportunities, instead of challenges, we can actually say, well, 
look at all the goodness that's come about in the last nine months between people. We're, we've been able to spend more time with each other. We're communicating yep. differently. Actually, the opportunities that have arisen because of the pandemic, and I say that pausingly, <laughs> the pandemic that we are experiencing, it has given us opportunities to go deeper and deeper and deeper in social interaction, even, even though we've been told we cannot really spend time with each other physically, it's caused people to spend more time on the internet together, on telephone conversations, in many, many ways. These have been golden opportunities rather than simply Definitely. limitations by governmental or medical agencies. So I see this as a, as a really basically positive experience that we've been having for these past few months. I think Cullen and I have sort of reached the point that surprises us that we feel this way, but we've reached the point of having simultaneous feelings of, uh-oh, here comes something, and whoopee, <laughs> who cares? <laughs> <laughs> I, I think that there are a lot of people out there that feel that same way. I mean, for me, it's the same thing. I, I, I kind of waffle between the excitement of what comes next and what's possible. And, you know, we're, we're nothing but creative individuals, right? As, and we come together in very creative ways when the need arises. The need has arisen is to, in, to redefine our community, our, our way that we interact. And look, things like Zoom comes along and people are learning from Zoom and uh, children are going to school via that. I'm not saying that's good or bad. I'm just saying that we tend to rise to the occasion of whatever it is that we're being presented with uh, in creative ways. And even, you know, if you go back to 1918 and 1917, I think it was with the Spanish flu pandemic, they didn't have this same technology, but it was also the harbinger of the world changing. And I have a feeling that this is too especially when you look at the preponderance of planets and energies that are building, right, in Aquarian energy. And I've, I've been kind of submerged in this, you know, energy of 2021, and it's huge. 2021 may even be bigger uh, and more uh, affective than 2020 was. Oh, we, oh, we absolutely, we absolutely agree, agree with, with you. You said something earlier in this discussion about mm -hmm the energies, the, the astrological energies that are affecting society, our, our, mm -hmm. social, our social understanding, our social way of being. We think 2021 is actually going to be a completely different experience than 2017, 2018, 2019, and this year. We think that 2021 will bring an enormous social change because of what's happened in the last nine months. So what you said is extremely important about the social sense or the mm. or societal sense of, of the opportunities that, that will become available because I think we're gonna see changes that we have never guessed would come about. And that can be politically, that can be economically, that can be Innovative technology. Yeah. I mean, absolutely. Yeah. Yes. So I think 2021 is going to bring us the opportunities 
to really change the world mm -hmm. in, a, in a most dramatic and very, very different way. Yeah, I agree. I, I, would, I would classify it along the lines of uh, what Greg Braden calls choice points, where mm -hmm. we come to a point and we either choose to go in the evolutionary direction or we dig in and we die. Plain and simple. I mean, it, the, that's how powerful the the timing is of what we're we're coming to, and I mean, everything that you look at in the outer world is seeing that struggle between the old and the new, right? Going in a new direction and the, what's possible versus going backwards into the old and the way things were. It's pretty striking when you look at it, and then you see it so clearly in the uh, planetary energy as above, so below. And all the systems, no matter which way you look at it through your, the Pleiadian earth energy, through human design, through regular astrology, they're all coming together and saying the same thing. That's when you know there's something, there's something up on planet earth when all the coherence uh, starts to really dawn on you. Yes. And that's wonderful. That's one thing that Larkma has taught us for a long time. They've told us all systems are intended to be transcended. And I think what's happening now is a transcendence of systems. Sure, we look at the calendar, we utilize the energy, we look at the astrological placing, we utilize the energy, we look at the human design, we utilize all of those place markers to help define our experience. But ultimately what's happening is we're transcending them all and we're just in the middle of the experience as being defined by any individual system. That's why they're all converging, I yeah, think. I think you're right. I've been spending some time going back into mythology during this week as well. And it was striking to me when you look at uh, Greek mythology about how Uranus, who Uranus at the time, uh, gives way as the sky god to Cronus, so Uranus to Saturn, and then Saturn to Zeus, which or Cronus to Zeus, which is Jupiter. And uh, there's there's no mythology after Zeus. So the idea that we're left with, I think, is that of an expansive nature that's ever reaching out and ever seeking transcendence. So maybe that's just the testament of who we are as human beings to always be in that expansion, optimism, and that growth sort of oriented uh, direction. And uh, And here we have then kind of the passing of the baton even going forth here with Saturn and Aquarius, to, I mean, Saturn and Jupiter together in Aquarius, a very freedom loving, forward thinking, uh, humanitarian sign, people, people power. Yes, yes. I, I've often listened to people upon graduation from high school or graduation from college saying, oh, I'm so glad my education is finished. I, I, I don't have to deal with that anymore. I'm done. And I just chuckle inside because we never stop learning. We never stop expanding. But the choice point that you brought up a moment ago mm -hmm. is showing us that there's a huge split. There's, there's actually a discernible, palpable split between what you said about those who want to go forward and those who are digging in because they don't want anything to change. They want to live in the old paradigm. They want, they want to live in their so-called illusionary safety zone. Yeah. And if we don't expand, we're never going to get anywhere. It's a, it's a continual spiraling educational 
opportunity to continue to learn, to grow, expand. And I think so many people have made that choice to simply stay where they are because it's just too scary to move into a new, a new era, a new situation where they're too frightened to actually make any movement. They just don't yeah. want to budge. And we're seeing that in society every day where, where there are people, and it's regardless of age, it doesn't have anything to do with age. There, there are older people that we're meeting who are the most open mm. to radical change. It's amazing. I mean, it's, it, you would think at their age in their 70s, 80s, 90s, that they were finished with, with what they wanted to know or learn. And we're seeing all these people who are just so excited about what's coming and how they're changing mm-hmm. within the energies that are here right now. So it, it's amazing about the dichotomy or the, the difference between those who want to move forward and those who just can't quite make the decision to do it. Absolutely. I mean, it's been, it's so obvious now. I think it's becoming more and more like incredibly obvious that the, the part that wants the, the part of the population, let's say the energy that wants to stay is trying to create a fear field uh, yes. for the planet or that way other people who are wanting to go forward, stop and go, oh no, you know, should I tap into the fear over here um, or, or not? And I'm going to say not. Don't tap into the fear because then you just hold yourself to that shadow energy uh, and, you know, Earth's evolution is to transcend that, to move through that shadow, that fear. Um, So we are faced with that very powerful choice point and it's going to depend a lot as we move into 2021, what your focus is on as an individual. And if you want to stay locked in the past and you're focused there, I mean, I don't know, you know what, at one point I had this mad thought in my mind that some kind of actual split would happen in the dimension of, of earth where that part that was in that old energy went their way. And then what was left was this other energy that was ready to move on. (laughs) Why are you laughing? Well, because because this, because this is coming to a theater near us. Soon. We actually feel like that's already happening. We think Janet. we think it's already in, in motion. Have you had the experience of being ready to going down the street and you're you're seeing a car that's ready to pull out and they're looking both ways and you're coming right towards them and they look right at you and then they pull out in front of you? Yeah, happened to me yesterday. <laughs> that that and the idea that you're in a doorway in a store sometime, you're about to go in and somebody slams the door in your face because they don't see you. They don't even know that, that there's oh. someone right behind them. We feel that that's already evidence of the split that is happening into other dimensions. They're in one dimension, we're in another dimension, but they're not separated yet. They're just simultaneously existing side by side. So we can see them in their dimension because We've been working on ourselves and getting rid of those shadows, but they who might be entrenched to the old ways can't see into our dimension because they want things to stay the same. So therefore we think split is already happening. This, this happens to us, Janet, if, if we're walking on a nature trail and there are people coming in the opposite direction, often they don't even see us. They, they, 
they continue to talk or they continue we have to jump out of the way we have to actually we actually have to get out of their oh. way yes because they don't they don't physically see us at all and so for us we know this split is already occurring it, it's 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 obvious to us that that there are two different realities going on simultaneously. And anybody who's having experiences like you just described yesterday, it happened to you yesterday, it's happening for them too. They just don't know how to explain it. They're, most people are saying, what's wrong with those people? Why didn't they see me? And they're not considering the possibility that they can't see it. They, and I'm sure there are other physical things too, like yes like periodically it's like did, did something just shift because the whole the whole world just feels like it just shifted even yes. though there's not a physical like i felt it i just sensed something huge that just moved um i wake up sometimes and i'm like what what world am i in <laughs> where am i <laughs> yes. we yes, we I have we, we have those sensations quite often ah. well at least i'm not the only one i'm not going crazy Oh, no, no, you were indeed. You were indeed. <laughs> we also will share with your listeners that we're having more and more visitations from others from different dimensions, oh. and other people are as well. Last night, Cullen and I were both awakened out of a sound sleep by some sort of. It sounded like a police siren that went off on a cell phone. That's the best way I could explain it. It's like a zip kind of sound, just really quick. And then we sat up and we both looked and there was nothing there and we closed our eyes and then all of a sudden the room was filled with totally white light just filled with light the rest of the night there were clunks and noises and there were beings in the room all night long moving wow. around we know that they're making contact with us not just larkma our beloved pleiadian friends who've been with us for so long but many many others who perceive that we're approaching being in the other dimension more quickly they're there with us they're right there and they're making themselves known and do you suppose that's because they're here to help us make that that yes. split or that shift yes absolutely yes absolutely. it would seem like it to me um i noticed in the news even more you're hearing about more and more ufo sightings that mm -hmm. are actually being they're getting through all the filters in the government there was just a picture of this beautiful one uh that got split through like uh like the government didn't catch that it was going out and it was an amazing view and it was taken by an uh, a pilot uh an air force pilot and i went oh my gosh how did that get through the the sensors probably because they're too busy doing other things uh but it just makes you go you know i think there really is something to this that maybe contact is literally in process it is in process. We, we're we, sure of it. Yeah, we yeah. think so. There, there are too many people worldwide having experiences that are that are inexplicable, that are just not normal. Regular people who who normally wouldn't think of themselves as interested in in spaceships or hmm. contact from other dimensions. People are seeing things and feeling things. That that have never been mm. as available as they are today. It, it's it's becoming enormous, actually. It is. Uh, I have a question from the audience. Are you open to taking a question? Sure. sure. Okay. So forgive me while I just read this because I got to read it. Uh, this is from Tom Wright. With all the threats from fear out there, do we still have reason to be optimistic? 
uh, that humanity has kept the faith in the worst situations. He says he's generally optimistic. I would say there's always the possibility for optimism and for the higher vibration and light will always win over dark. So why be pessimistic? Pessimism just adds to the fear of the darkness and the other side. Why spend any energy being pessimistic at all? I think we should absolutely allow ourselves to feel optimistic. I think so too. Being in a pessimistic perspective lowers our vibration immediately. It, it's pessimism is, I, I won't say a cousin to fear, but possibly connected. And anything that we do that's, that's not uplifting or that's not in a, a joyous or a blissful kind of sensibility lowers our vibration. And yeah. so being, being pessimistic certainly doesn't help us. It doesn't it doesn't help us, and unfortunately, that energy ripples out and touches everyone else, not just someone sitting near us or someone we're talking to. It ripples out all around the world, and it ripples out into the cosmos. So being pessimistic is really not such a good place to, to reside. We try yeah. to every day, whether we're at home working or whether we go out grocery shopping, we try every day to be aware that we're sending our energy outward and that we need to be responsible for what we send outward. So we try to laugh and have a good time and be upbeat no matter what's going on because that's the energy we want to transmute the planet. Exactly. There's so much negative energy mm. that, that so many people are worried about so many things because of the world condition, about finances, not being able to spend time with their families, are they gonna lose their job? There are so many possibilities that people's lives will change in not such a good way that that energy of worry is clouding the collective. It's, it, it's a miasma of, of a foggy, really confused energy. And it, it's affecting everybody. I mean, yeah. Pia and I can wake up in the morning and we're perfectly fine. But by the time we actually get out of bed and, and start our day, we might feel altered simply because so many people are so upset. So many people are so dismayed. So many people are depressed that we can feel what's going on in the collective. So, so we have to work even harder to make sure that we don't join that energy, but that we transmute it with our own. That's exactly right. That's the, the task of, in front of each one of us is to be able to do that. I think, you know, people who, who are not optimistic often use the argument, well, that's not being realistic, right? That, so I, I'm going to put forward that we, we do something called realistic optimism, where we aren't going to the Pollyanna pie in the sky, you know, we need people that are going to do that, right? We need those dreamers, but we also need those people that are going to build and construct what is new and what, what comes next. So we need, we need that realistic optimism and we need to let go of that control and fear mechanism that's been in place on the planet that pessimism is just a symptom of, I think. Yes. Well said. Yes. yes. And it's, it's, I think that's the struggle 
is that, you know, the more that people in general are awakening and moving more into more that optimistic and humanitarian direction, the stronger the fear, the control people, the control measures on the planet are taking hold. It's like, ah, like, like we talked about, I think it was last month, the fingernails, you know, holding on by the last nail. Uh, let's see, I think we have another question from Ursula. Uh, would you please comment on the trauma clearing sessions that you offer on your website? Oh, nice. Well, the trauma clearings are a special program that Lorkma put into place about a year and a half ago. And when they put the program into place, they made the announcement that this would be for a limited time only. It's <laughs> a time for giving humanity a chance for those who wanted to work with their traumas with interstellar help, that they would bring a different vibration and energy into people who are willing to face their challenges, their trauma, and to rewrite their history, more or less. You can't really change what happens in the past, but you can change how it impacts you in the present. So that program has been in effect for a year and a half. We are in the last week of that program. Larma has announced that with the new energies that are coming in, the program will not be effective. We need to either deal with our traumas or find another way to move forward because it will not be appropriate to do this any longer. So we're in the very last week of doing that for people. For, it's a series of three sessions. Uh, each one addresses specific areas of trauma that the person is carrying. Sometimes people don't even know what the second and third is, but by the time they finish the first, the second and third come to the top. <laughs> That's what it is. Uh, like an onion. Oh, there's another layer. Yeah. Oh, there's yeah. another layer. Everybody who's gone through the program rants and raves and says it's wonderful. And we have to just trust that Lartma knows that the timing was right to start the program and that they know the timing is right now to stop the program. We will still continue to have personal synchronizations, which are one-on-one -on -one conversations people can have with LARPA or evaluations on how they're doing, mm. but they're stepping back from the trauma clearing work. And so that's only good through the end of this month or just the end of this week? 16th of December. Next Wednesday. Yep. That's right. This is the that, last day. That seems totally appropriate for some reason. Because you're tuned into the Pleiadians, Janet. <laughs> I love it's, them. It's energetically, it's energetically appropriate because it, it has to do with what we've been talking about during this entire conversation, the split, the changes. Yeah. It was an opportunity to really delve into one's shadows and the choice point basically has been made by everyone on the planet where they're going, who they know they are, or in their total confusion of, of living in the illusion of not knowing anything about a true reality. So I think it's another perfect timing situation that, that people just need to take personal responsibility. And I, this is gonna sound blunt, but get with the program. <laughs> or leave the planet. No. Just kidding. <laughs> it's it's um, universal energy nine, which is harmony and mm -hmm. earth energy evolving. So it's ending on nine evolving days, the last day that Lark was offering this program, which I think is pretty well interesting. And the following day is 10 self-regulating, which is now get with it and do it on your own. We've shown you how to do it. Yeah. Oh, so many things, right? So much, um, you know, and as we go, as we start walking into 2021, we end up with those two giant planets, Saturn and, and Jupiter in a square immediately. They're already 
in orb of square to Uranus. So we have those three big players that I referred to in the Greek mythology that are challenging one another as we, as we move into uh, January's energy. And I think it's a great model for us it shows the challenges that we have as a society, as a culture, and the choices that we need to make uh, about are we going to move forward and with care and, and, a, and a sense of nourishing one another, or are we going to still stick with the uh, Earth, Jupiter-Saturn conjunctions that brought us capitalism and the, uh, the greed factor and I need more toys and what's in it for me. So that is another one of these splits that we're dealing with right now, right now. It, it's, it's the hugest opportunity in human history to truly understand the true meaning of unity. Yes. This, this, this is the point in our evolution together as a collective to make decisions to actually stop what you just described. Greed, power, all of the things that have undermined society from really being open, transparent, taking care of one another. That's why we think 2021 is going to be a stellar opportunity. And I mean stellar opportunity for these changes that we're talking about because yeah. we've never been given this opportunity. It, all, all, of the, all of the beings that P and I deal with from many, many, many dimensions are saying, this experiment on planet Earth is being watched like no other society or civilization ever in history because what we decide collectively on this planet is going to make a difference in the entire universe. We have an international live call. We've talked about this on your show before, but we uh -huh. do this usually about every two weeks, but we're doing one this coming Sunday that Larkma has invited what they call colleagues, other voices from the light. And all week this week, these voices have been talking to us and telling us we'd like to discuss this, we'd like to discuss that. Well, that's and why you're being woken up at 4.30 in the morning or whatever well, time it is. They certainly have something <laughs> to do, that's for sure. But they are talking to us and they're telling us different aspects from different realms and different dimensions that they want to bring to humanity. So we're going to have an amazing conversation on Sunday. Ooh. We will. We will have many, many perspectives in, in probably an hour and a half talk from many different individuals and, and many different aspects of what, what we call the realm of love and light. Mm, that is gonna be an interesting one. Enlightening. Uh, I think there was another question or it was, let's see here. I'm gonna have to open this one up, apologize for that. Uh, J-Lo says that she had an accident in a certain area, and then her daughter also had an accident in that same area, and she also noticed yesterday a car doing the same thing as you just explained. Uh, so would you say it could be a blockage in that area, like a timeline block, when something keeps happening in the same area? I'd guess it's a vortex. <laughs> what would you say? I, I, would, I would say it's an energetic place or space, I think vortex is a really good descriptor, where the energies are either confused or congested, congested, unable to make clear decisions. And I, I think 
that many occurrences in the very same spot mm. has to do with something that's that's out totally out of balance it it could be it could be the land itself it could be a an, an energetic stoppage of energy that that simply is not harmonic jlo might want to see if she can find a competent energy dowser we have doused energetic places like that ourselves and been able to help move the energy to help it flow get it uncongested and move it we know other people who do that quite well not any in america the ones that we know are in europe for the most part but anyway if she can find someone who can douse the energy of the land like a water dowser but only dousing the energy that might be helpful for everybody who passes through that area. Energies mm -hmm. that are not compatible are often able to make changes if humans simply ask, maybe you would be more comfortable somewhere else, or maybe- <laughs> I invite maybe, you to go to the next room. <laughs> or maybe, maybe you could simply stay where you are but change your perspective or change change your attitude about what's upsetting you or what's confusing you. And we've had miraculous mm -hmm. effects of doing this. We've met dowsers all over the, the UK and Europe who do this on a daily basis. They help people change the, the energetic environment. If, if they're not having a good time in their home, they can simply talk to the energies that, that come up from the land or ancient energies that have been there forever from the beginning of the planet that, that simply are unhappy because they didn't want a house built on top of them. Or a highway. Or a highway or something like I that. I think the idea, Janet, is to recognize that everything has consciousness. If right. you think of just a road or just something like that, you're not allowing to recognition of the consciousness. And I think what energy dowsers do, including Cullen and me, is to recognize the consciousness of the place and just talk to it. And then it can move, it can change. So that's a great, to... that's a great way to, to approach that kind of an issue because that, that does happen surprisingly a lot where a certain, we, we have this one road and it seems like uh, it's, there's an intersection across this one, it's a highway. And there are more accidents at that particular place than any other place along this road. And it just, it's surprising to me. People know that that's happening there. Uh, so maybe I need to go find a dowser and douse that that road, yeah. that intersection. It works. It, works. it truly I'm does. Sure. Um, to some to some people, it might sound magical. Well, it actually, is. It is magical. <laughs> it is magical. It's mystical. But we're on a magical, mystical tour, aren't we? We are indeed. Oh, gosh. Well, is there any last thoughts that you want to leave us with before I shift over to astrology? I could talk to you the whole hour, but I really have some other things I need to tell people. Um, <laughs> we need to hear what you have to share. We will be quiet and be grateful to hear what you're sharing. This awesome. I'm actually going to share my screen so people can see some graphics. Oh, good. The, the only thing that, that I would end this conversation with is it's time to put on our knee pads, our elbow pads, and our crash helmets, because <laughs> we are going to be experiencing things that we have never experienced, things that will be challenging and absolutely enlightening and forward moving. So 
I think, I think for the rest of this month and into 2021, we have to be prepared to look at what's coming, feel it, deal with it, experience it, experience it, and just yep. be just be part of it. So thank you, Janet. Let's yeah, hear what no, you thank you. Uh, the other thing that I, I just want to say to your point there is that you know the times that we're living in right now sort of mirror the time where we were coming out of the dark ages and into the renaissance period of time so we're not quite we're, we're kind of we're kind of right at that cusp <laughs> like are we going to decide to go into the renaissance uh, or are we going to stay in those dark ages so that's kind of another analogy that we can bring up so thank you both so much and you're welcome to sit here and uh, listen to what comes next. We're gonna be talking about the eclipse that's coming up on Monday. And the reason I wanna talk about the eclipse today is because when I come on air on Monday, it's only 17 minutes from the lunar or from the solar eclipse. So I can't get everything I need to say in that 17 minutes. And so because eclipses tend to build up energy as we approach them, and then also have that closing phase. Uh, today is the best day for us to talk about it. And as I look at the energy for today, tomorrow, and Sunday, there really isn't a whole lot going on besides the moon moving through Scorpio and then preparing for the eclipse as she moves into the sign of Sagittarius. So right now I'm gonna share my screen. If you'll bear with me for a moment, let me, which one do I wanna share first? Let's do this one. So what you're seeing in front of you is the astrology chart for the actual new moon solar eclipse on Monday. And that solar eclipse occurs at 8.17 a.m. Pacific time, 11.17 a.m. for those of you on the East Coast. And if I looked at universal time, it looks like, what is that, 4.17 p.m. for those of you in uh, European time. I'm not sure what time zone you all are in. I think you might be a couple of hours after uh, uh, GMT, right? Yes, yes. Two, yeah. two, two hours. Two hours. So it'll be more like 6 p.m. your time that you're going to experience that. And the eclipse is occurring at 23 degrees of Sagittarius. So it puts it right here. Uh, this is a chart of the event. This is not a person's chart. So it would be like this being a, a, the event being a person. And it is occurring, interestingly enough, in the 11th house, which is the house of the sign Aquarius's rulership. So it's sort of in a, in a weird way sets the tone for a, what it is that it comes next. And that is this movement of planets one after the other into the sign of Aquarius, leaving finally Capricorn behind. And the fact that this eclipse is sitting in the sign of Sagittarius tells us that what we have to really link to are the beliefs and the ideas that are uh, ingrained, the patterns that are ingrained in us that we need to uh, take a look at and really ask ourselves the question, is this real? Is this worth taking with me? Uh, is this something that I can let go of uh, as we begin to move forward? It's a new moon. So it's always offering us up the opportunity for what's new, setting intentions in a way for uh, something new to occur. And uh, as all of you who listen to me know, I love to go to my Dane Rudyard uh, astrological mandala. This is my favorite little book of wisdom uh, when I want to see what's going on at a specific degree of the zodiac. And indeed, here is the message from Dane Rudyard, a bluebird perched on the gate of a cottage. 
and it hints at good fortune when we remain true to ourselves, which is another way of saying to be in integrity and to be true to those values that we hold both individually and collectively. And when we take a look at ourselves honestly right now, are we living in accordance with those values? And what are those values? Could you state them? I mean, there are some that are pretty obvious, right? We, we value raising healthy children. We value educating our populations. We value family. But are we living in accordance with those values? That's what this eclipse seems to say to all of us. And then when we choose to live in that integrity, we have good fortune. So I think that's an interesting way for us to open this particular gateway. There is a conjunction to Mercury at, during the same period of time. His, this little symbol right here is Mercury, very close to the sun and the moon during this period of time. So this speaks to our thought processes and our mindset. And it is your beliefs and your ideas and your, your, your conditioning field, if you will, is all related to your mindset, which has been conditioned into you through your, your parents, through your culture, through your society, your, your religious beliefs, etc. So this becomes a really powerful time to look at the mindset. Are you stuck in stinking thinking? Or have you been able to take a look at those thoughts, change up those thoughts, even using your emotional energy to note when you're out of alignment and being able to make that intention to move in a new direction. So Mercury's placement in here makes this very powerful. Uh, the new moon and um, Mercury are in a trine to Mars and you can see that uh, with this black line. I, I made it black because it makes it easier to see. Mars, of course, is our action planet. He is very close to the goddess Eris, and she wants inclusivity, right? She's showing us a value here, uh, and she's going to show it to us either through discord and the not being inclusive, or we can choose at this point in time to be inclusive and to look at the whole of the planet and what's good for the whole. And so her presence and Mars presence here makes the potential for this new moon to be effective uh, very much higher than at other types of new moons that we've had. Eris is also connected to Pluto in this particular um, setup. You can see Pluto's at 23 degrees of Capricorn and uh, she is at 23 degrees of Aries. So we have a square, right? A square is that resistance energy. It's that obstacle, it's that challenge. So are we being challenged, right? To lay down our swords in some way, to, um, to, to really address what is the underlying anxiety that we might each be feeling individually or that groups of people may be feeling about walking forward, about moving into our future. And of course, the day of the eclipse here in the universe, in the universe, oh Lord, in the United States is the day that the electoral college will place their votes and finalize uh, the election from November 3rd. So the election being certified, but not everyone happy about it or believing the results is another symptom, that division that's going on here, uh, where fully, uh, I read something this morning, it was 77% of Republicans believe there was a fraud that went on in the election. Uh, I feel like that's kind of like what we felt four years ago when uh, 
President Trump was elected, that we felt that same thing, that there was some fraud that was going on. And the question then is, why do we always default to that shadow energy when something happens that we don't like, right? If we don't like it, why do we have to throw it into fear? Why do we throw it into shadow? And finally, Venus is in a sextile to Jupiter here. These are the two benefic planets, at least in astrology, we look at Venus as love energy of our values and living from our values, but it's also about living uh, resourcefully, resourcefully. And Jupiter is also a benefic planet here that graces us with good fortune, right timing, uh, and gifts when we choose to do the work. So is the real news about this particular uh, eclipse about Venus and Jupiter coming together and making us realize that we have to live in a new way, that we have to let go of all of that fear and all of that fear mongering and live the high side of uh, the potential that we have here. So when I look at this particular, I mean, we have big things coming, right? We have this eclipse, then we have the Jupiter-Saturn conjunction, and then we immediately run into uh, that square with Uranus. So these are energies for these next couple of months that the tone is being set by what happens here at this new moon. And then I'd like to take that one step further and say, this new moon is being driven by what it is that you as an individual choose to focus on. Are you focusing on the negative as we spent most of the morning talking about, uh, or are you focused on what more is possible? right? What more, what, what more is possible in terms of, can we open up our minds and can we have an open heart and an open soul and step forward, right? I always think, by the way, Pia and Colin, of the uh, energy of seven uh, as the gate, the tarot card, I think it's the world where there's this beautiful sort of archway and this being standing and this archway. And is she going to choose to walk over the threshold into the new? Or is she going to move backwards into the old? And I know that's not what the card means at all, but that seven energy reminds me of that particular card. Are we going to, are we going to walk fully into it? Arms open, heart open, head open, mind open, or are we going to shrivel back up and, you know, say, nope, I'm not ready to walk through that door. I think the choice is each of ours to make at this particular time. Uh, Asa. There was some another question that came in and uh, let Tom know I will bring that up to them here in just a minute, okay? Uh, now, I'm gonna stop sharing this particular image and I wanna show you the interesting path of this particular eclipse. Let me see if I can make that bigger because that's small. Uh, when you look at the path of an eclipse, this is the part of the, the world that will view this particular eclipse and it's out over the oceans, right? It's out over the Pacific and it's out over the Atlantic. And just this little piece of, uh, well, most of South America is, it's visible, but mostly the, the path of totality is right here. And I thought that was an interesting place over water, which happens to be related to feeling energy, which happens to be the weak energy that we are in. And actually you're not seeing my screen, I take it because I didn't hit share. Let me, there, now you're seeing it. So it's mostly out over here in the Pacific and the Atlantic, and we have this one piece of land here. So it makes me think about, like I said, the emotional energy 
the feeling energy of uh, this time period that we're in and uh, the waters being changed, right? The water, the feeling energy being changed during this period of time. Uh, lastly, let's take a look at something else that is going on. What did I do here? I opened up this one. Oh, okay. I'm going to show it to you anyway. So one moment. Uh, and then I'm going to bring up a human design chart so everybody can see the human design chart for the week. But I want to make an observation here. By the way, uh, Pia and Colin, are you familiar with human design at all? Yes. yes okay. So you, you recognize the, the human design chart. And I'm zeroing in right here on the connection from uh, the sacral center down to the root center. And for all of you who've been with me, you know that Mars has been sitting at the gate 51 for a very long time, the gate 51 being the gate of shock and awakening and initiating us into a new pathway. Well, after the eclipse, Mars moves into a new gate. Finally, it moves into the gate 42, which is the gate of conclusion. I sat there with that, right? I sat there with that for a while, wondering like, what have we been initiated into that is requiring us to complete something in order to actually move into the new? Is it that we have to let go and shed all of those fears, uh, all of our suspicions and all of our our uh, anger and upset with one another or with the world at in large in order to move forward. How has procrastination played a role? Where have we stopped ourselves? We just have put off dealing with those last vestiges of things that we have to let go of. Or on the opposite side, where are we doing too much, right? Trying to do too much. We're trying to take on, um, what is her name? Uh, Byron Katie, she always talks about my business, your business, and God's business. Where are we trying to take on mine, God's, and your business instead of just working on our own personal business? So that'll be a great question as we move on. Uh, here where we are going to need the space to respond, to respond. I didn't say react. Where we are needing the space to respond to what is the opportunities and the challenges being presented to us as we walk forward. And here's the best part. I wanted to get this, uh, this song. Oh, I cannot remember who sings it. Tom will know. Celebrate good times. And is it cool in the gang? Or I don't know. Anyway, I love that song. And this particular gate is about celebrating when we've actually done this work and we're moving on. We're choosing to move forward. Uh, in a very healthy and powerful way. So Mars at the gate 42 showing us that direction. And I'm going to stop sharing for a minute and get another file up. i to watch my time here. Um, I want to show you the human design chart for the week. Uh, I'm in the, there we go. And this will be week three. and sharing my screen once more. There we go. Here we go. So now what you're seeing is what will be the energy that begins on the 14th with the solar eclipse uh, in human design, which is where this particular week's theme is about sharing new possibilities and new ideas that are inspired by source. 
right? Coming in from source or God or the Pleiades, wherever these energy ideas come from. The sun and the moon are going to be in a conjunction. They will be at this same gate, gate 11, which is now called the gate of the conceptualist. But this is about sharing the light, sharing new ideas. If you look in the gene keys, you see that the Siddhi, the highest expression of the energy of that day is about light. And uh, Richard Rudd, who wrote the gene keys says that if you can even see a pinpoint of light in the dark field, and you can focus your eyes or your attention on that light and just cause that light to become bigger and to expand that you are doing what you need to do to bring in more light both to yourself to your dna to the planet so the idea that the uh solar eclipse is sitting at the gate 11 blew me away and the gift in this gate by the way is idealism so even if we can come up out of the the dark and just see the light of idealism that's a great start that eventually gets us to the light. And of course, the earth always brings up the challenge, right? The, the earth brings us the challenge at gate 12, uh, which is a channel of the channel, right? This is a gate that just literally is able to speak to information that comes in from transmissions, if you will. Uh, it's the gate that my particular son is sitting at, so I, I know this one well. But it's also understanding how your mood and your emotions affect what you're thinking and about what it is that you're saying and how it plays in our ability to speak positively or negatively. And sometimes what you have to do is set your own emotions aside to be able to be clear or you have to just not speak until you can gain clarity. So if you're having trouble seeing the light, then at least don't speak about the fears. Don't add it to, don't add more energy to that fear on the planet or that shadow. Uh, wait until the mood shifts and you're again able to see the light. When we get to the top here, it's purity. And the gift of discrimination is more about being able to discern, uh, to, to know yourself well enough about mood energy so that you don't buy into the reactivity of emotional energy. So as we look at Monday, all signs point us in a very powerful direction of a shift that's about to happen, but it's a choice that we each have to make in order to do that. It isn't just gonna, it's certainly there, it's possible. It's like, I can feel it, I can sense it, I can taste it, touch it. But unless I choose to walk through that gateway, it's not gonna happen. So we are all each responsible for how things are going to go from here on. Lovely, lovely, right? All right. So now I said I would like to give you the question that I missed. Um, Ursula, speaking of geogra geography in late, are you living in Greece for specific reasons, triangulation of light? Um, that's a great question. Why do you live where you live? Well, we don't live in Greece to begin That's right. <laughs> we chose to be here because we're dissipating some dark energies. This is Love appropriate it. to be where we are. We're, we're as close. We're the closest EU country to the Middle East. We are, we are a half an hour flight to many Middle Eastern countries that are not having a very good time. So we're here with mm. that to, to bring light and peace to the area. I love it. That's a perfect placement for you guys. Uh, and actually, Cornelia was at my house last week, and we've decided we're coming to visit you as soon as we're able to. 
because right. right now nobody can travel. Um, yeah. So expect visitors at some point in the future. Good. Sounds good. Good. Yeah. You might have to tell us when the best time to come is. I mean, seasonally and, and that type of thing, energetically, but uh, that's what we decided we're doing. And then Tom had a question. Uh, how can we collectively manifest at these times when the 1% are doing their manifesting thing? Uh, there is a minimal number of us needed to manifest miracles, right? That's a really good question, Tom. And we would defer that to Lartma's wisdom. Mm. Lartma says those of us who are carrying the light have far more power than those who are playing with the dark. So don't worry about percentages and numbers, but instead think about how powerful those of us who are working with the light really are composed compared to those who are still immersed in darkness, whether they're 1% or whether they're just the sleeping millions, billions that are asleep, it doesn't matter. Those of us who are working with the light carry more power to make a change. Amazing. I like that as our final word for the day. Thank you both so much for being here. And uh, for all of you out there listening, thank you for joining us this morning. I will be on on Monday. Maybe we can take another look at, maybe we'll look at personal charts and see where uh, the eclipse is happening in a personal chart. And take care, everybody. Have a great weekend. Bye, you guys. Thank you so much. We'll see you next month. We look forward to it. All right. Bye for now.